everyone. I'm Jensine Bard, and welcome to Testimony, where truth is told, lives are changed, and hope is given. Revelation 12:11 tells us that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. A testimony of your story for His glory. So how does a 13-year-old boy who has just lost his father and from the wrong side of Pleasantville, overweight and losing his hair, go on to become one of this world's most beloved actors of stage and screen, not to mention land and sea? And how much did God's favor, a winning attitude, and a repentant heart play a part? Best known for his iconic role as Captain Merrill on ABC's mega-hit series, The Love Boat, Murray Slaughter on the wildly popular The Mary Tyler Moore Show, and host of his own Back on Course TV show, which aired on the Trinity Broadcasting Network for 17 years with co-host and beautiful bride Patty, you could say my next guest has had anything but a dull life. Ladies and gentlemen, would you welcome to Testimony in a rare two-part exclusive, a great honor indeed, a veteran actor of stage and screen and author of his latest memoir, This Is Your Captain Speaking, My Fantastic Voyage Through Hollywood, Faith and life, and ladies and gentlemen, ambassador for Princess Cruises, everyone's captain, Gavin McLeod. Gavin, welcome to Testimony. Well, I'm so honored by that introduction. I hope I don't disappoint your listeners. Uh, you know, there's one thing you didn't mention that I am very proud of, and I'm, I'm very humbled by what you just said, is that I've made some spiritual films I did two films for Rich Cristiano. Uh, one is The Secrets of Jonathan Sperry. And to be used this way at the senior moment of my career is the most, honor, most exciting and the most humbling moment of my actor's life. This movie that we made for less than a million dollars has brought thousands and thousands of people to Jesus. I just wanted to mention that because that is so important to me. Well, amen and amen, and thank you for that. You've done so much in your life, Gavin. In fact, at age 84, you are still going strong. You recently held the lead in Coachella Valley Repertory Theater's world premiere of happy hour, but life for you, Gavin, wasn't always so happy. So for part one of our conversation today, would you please begin to tell us that story, and then we'll segue into your life and career and what you're doing now. More of that in part two. Gavin McLeod, please tell us your story. Well, thank you. Uh, and first, it is an honor to be with you. I, I have been blessed. As I look back on my life, I have been blessed every moment. I've gone through t uh, black moments and, and white moments and moments with Jesus, which were the most exhilarating. That we, and I learned that we have a forgiving God, and that because of that, uh, I am where I am today. There is no reason I should be alive, considering all the physical things I've the attacks the enemy has made on my life, 
And But I will start in the beginning, as you alluded to in the introduction. I was born in Pleasantville, New York. This is all in my book, This Is Your Captain Speaking. I was born in Pleasantville, New York, and my mom and dad, my mom went to the seventh grade and had to work. My father went to the seventh grade and had to work. So they, they didn't know much about the creative world. It was just a hand-to-mouth. And uh, I know I was loved. Uh, I know my grandparents loved me. And I did a play when I was four years old in the kindergarten. And at the end of that play, I, had a, I got applause. And I had never received that before in my life before. And in my little mind, I said, gee whiz, they really like me. If this is what it takes to have people like me, I want to do more of this. And so I, I started acting from that moment on. So actually, I have been acting. <laughs> it's almost shocking to think about for 80 years. Wow. Wow. <laughs> that, that's really a blessing. And, and I still know who I am. And so uh, that was the beginning of my, my desire to get people to like me and to receive that back. I, I don't think I was getting much, much of that in my real life. And uh, my father was an alcoholic, and my two grandfathers were alcoholics, and the very scenes that I talk about in my book that would take a long time to tell you, but it was all very negative, and so I grew up with that kind of a background. And I had one uncle who belonged to the Merchant Marine, who eventually had his own church, but he belonged to the Merchant Marine, and I was brought up Catholic, my brother and I, and he was an Episcopalian. And uh, because of the nature of his work, he brought my brother and I to New York City to see our first Broadway play, to see our first rodeo in Madison Square Garden. And he, he, he was the one that made us real that there was a world outside beside Pleasantville. The rest of the family were very satisfied to be there and to live there and not go any further. To me, I wanted to go like he did, all around the world. And look what God did. I eventually became, because of the love boat, a goodwill ambassador for the United States, going all over the world. Amen. And I just want to take our listeners a little bit back on your journey, because I did read your book most in part. I want to highlight some of your growing up because uh -huh. I think this will be a great encouragement to our listeners. You chose not to, quote, have something to fall back on. You took acting in school, singing, dancing. Mm -hmm. You're really an entertainer. You received a scholarship to Ithaca College. That's right. Beatrice McLeod was your acting teacher, uh -huh. hence the name change. Your original name is Alan C. S. E. E. Right. And your father unfortunately died at the age of 39. He wanted you to be a football player. You quit football. You knew, Gavin, at a very early age what you wanted to be in life. And the sense that I got in reading your book is that you weren't willing to compromise, which was a big step of faith. And you probably didn't even know the Lord at that time, which to me is remarkable and amazing. And I'd like for you to talk about 
that time in your life when you were at age 22, you were bald at this time, you couldn't get an agent, and you had a roommate who gave you $100, you had 25 and what happened next? <laughs> and I finally bought, I bought a um, second-hand hairpiece. But at that time, I was ushering a Radio City musical for $34 a week. And then they liked me and promoted me to the elevator operator. I think I was making $37 a week. But it's true, my friend Vince, who was working the lights at the musical, making hundreds of dollars a week, uh, loaned me some of the money, and I saved the rest to get a hairpiece. And we did, and I got a second-hand hairpiece. <laughs> I mean, I went in, and the man said, <laughs> he looked me over, and he said, in my early 20s, and he said, what are you here for? I said, well, look, I'm bald, and and you sell hair. So I need some hair. I want to be, I'm an actor, and I want, uh, there's no parts for young kids without any hair. Right. And he said, well, it, it's like four or $500 or 600 He said, so you have a whole head. You need all of that. And I said, but I only have 125 And he said, well, you come back when you get the rest. I said, oh, man. I said, look, I'm at the music hall. I'm, you know, I, can't, I can't get a job unless I have the hair. So anyway, I was very depressed, and I started walking down the stairs of this place. And then I heard this voice, hey, kid, come back up here. I said, me? And he said, yeah. So I went up there. He said, come on, follow me. I followed him into a room. It was a big mirror. The whole wall was a mirror. And there was a, a, a stool, and there was a counter. And on that counter, there was a hairpiece. He said, sit down there. So I said, he was very bossy. I sat down there, <laughs> and he put this on my hair, on my head, this hair. He says, what do you think about that? I said, uh, it, this is, I, I, I said, this is so beautiful. I, I hadn't seen hair on my head in years. I said, it could look like a bird's nest. It wouldn't make any difference to me. This is beautiful. <laughs> He said, you can have this for 125 the money you have. I said, but I thought you said, he said, well, this belonged to somebody else. And he said, um, so he got a new one, left this here. He doesn't want it. I don't want it. You can have it for $125. And so I had that, that hairpiece got me <laughs> my first Broadway play with Shelley Winters and Ben Gazzara. It got me my first wife who was a rockette, and I was an elevator operator. Uh -huh. uh, yes, and it just, I had that hairpiece with me for 40 years. Oh, my Lord. Yes, I mean, we were still going to have a pseudo kind of funeral for it one day. <laughs> but <laughs> we just gave it to a museum. But that, but that was the end of the hairpiece, you know. But that, that I was able to, because of being bald, and when I got to the West Coast, after, so I did the play with Shelley Winters, A Hat Full of Rain, while dealing with drugs and everything. And I was in it for like seven months in New York. That's why I met Steve McQueen. He came in to replace Ben Gazzara. It was an actor's play. They were all actors, studio people, but me. And then so we went on the road with it, and I got to California, and I had an offer for a movie. And so even without my hair, and so I told my wife when I got back to New York, I said, I think there's some action for me on the West Coast. I said, so and we contacted the only agent we knew. So he wanted to see me. So I come to California to the West Coast. I go to the office, and who do I meet the first day but Ted Knight? 
Right. Oh boy, and he is—he was just an actor then, and he—it was before he became famous when we did the Mary Tyler Moore show. And he said, "Okay, kid." He said, "What you got to do is you have to get yourself a business manager." I said, "But you don't understand. I don't have any money." He said, "I don't have any money either. I've got a business manager." I said, "Well, who, what is going on in this town?" You know, and that was the beginning. That was the first time I met my friend Ted. Ted Knight, who I eventually worked with on the Mary Tyler Moore Show for seven years, and who I eventually brought to the Lord before he went home. And I remember reading that in your book, Gavin. Actually, I think it was about three weeks before he died of cancer. You were impressed by the Holy Spirit to go visit him. He wasn't a believer at that time, but he decided that now is the time, I think, his wife... Dottie was not a believer at that time, but you just knew that you knew that you had to go. Ted was a lifelong friend Uh and colleague of yours, which was very touching in the book, and it just shows the importance of building relationships, Gavin, with people, which I find throughout your entire book you have beautifully done, yet... You've had the ability to hold the standard, speak your mind, and God did the rest. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to world-renowned actor of stage and screen, Gavin McLeod. You can learn more about Gavin and his incredible life and work by going to GavinMcLeod.com and get his latest book, This Is Your Captain Speaking. Gavin, thank you for taking precious time to share just a little of your story and remarkable life's journey. You truly are a testimony of what it means to overcome and beautifully so. We look forward to hearing much, much more next week. God bless you. God bless you, Janine. Testimony is a global broadcast made possible by the generous contributions of our valued partners at Jensen Bard Ministries and you, our listening audience. Together, we are reaching souls for Christ one testimony at a time. If you would like information on how you can support this broadcast with your tax-deductible gift, please visit us at jensenebard.com. That's one word, J-E-N-S-I-N-E-B-A-R-D.com. And join the conversation at our Facebook page, Testimony with Jensene Bard. Thank you for listening, and please join us again for Testimony. Testimony.